1: To the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars.
0: Orr fights to keep it in. Does has it in the corner to Sanderson? Back in front door. Shot scores. Bobby war. Ray Bork.
1: The circle to the right of Reggie Lindland, firing it down, and Whitmore blew it. It bounces down to Bergeron, he takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar, the snapshot, over the gets loose, and Bergeron scores! Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on the thehockeywriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans. I'm your host, Mark, and welcome back for episode 39 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Matt Bolesky edition. And after uh, technical difficulties in the first week of the 2017 year, we can actually finally say Happy New Year to all our listeners. Rob, Happy New Year, my friend.
0: Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, did you have a good one?
1: Yeah, it was good. I, we went out and did our thing um, with good friends at a, at a club we belonged to. Had a great time, good food, lots of good drinks, and uh, uh, Ubered out of there and, Uber, and got a ride home. So it was, a, it was a fun and safe night. How about yourself? Yeah,
0: good stuff. Uh, Yeah, just lots of food, lots of drink, yeah. Nice. Counted down to the new year, it was all good. Awesome. So, yeah, I had a great time.
1: Well, happy to be back, and um, we apologize for the technical difficulties last week. Uh, Skype was being quite a pill. We tried to record four or five times, and it just didn't work out, so pretty much washed our hands for the week and tried again today, so... Yep. with that being said we got some good news uh, 2017 is projected to be a very big year for this podcast and as we're approaching a year on the show um, we've, we wanted this year to be a lot more better for our listeners so um, first of all I'd like to mention uh, from my friend Anthony actually I uh, talk to him a lot and he always says that he'd love to buy us a beer and it's very hard to do that when people are so far away but he also mentioned that there's a website that you could um, go on and, and make a donation to what we're trying to do so I went on and I made an account and I started um, a, a, a a way to like give a dollar or as much as you could for every episode that we do so the website is uh, www patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash black and gold hockey podcast and um you can do it you don't have to do it but we would appreciate it um it does not go to anything towards what we want to do personally this fund is pretty much towards like new equipment and for, yeah. in, for instance, if, if, if I needed a new mic, if he, ne- if Rob needed something, um, or yeah. a way of getting away from the, the problems we have had with Skype in the past. So this is yeah. really cool for us and, um, hopefully it works out. Yeah, hopefully. The other great news is, um, we're doing a, uh, black and gold hockey trivia, which we're going to have people, uh, uh, fans and listeners from the show actually come on and try to win a really cool T-shirt from um, a company that I've been talking to for the last couple weeks. And starting today, we do have a guest, and that uh, he'll be on at the end of the, uh, the end of the show. But we're working with Beast from the Northeast Boston Sports Co- Clothing Company, um, and you can find all their good stuff at uh, Beast from the Northeast dot bigcartel dot com and they're gonna be donating uh, t-shirts to winners of our uh, hockey trivia so um, to get involved with the hockey trivia every week um, on Sunday after we do every podcast I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna write up a, a thing on social media with a, um, an email address you send us an email telling us you want to be on the show and what we'll do is we'll draw out your name and if you're available that day you can come on and try to win a, a really cool t-shirt and the the uh, what you have to do is you have to have Skype or any program that we're currently going to operate on and yeah. to be uh, involved so I think that will be really cool. And the good
0: thing is the good thing is Skype's available on all devices really now like yeah. you can get it on your mobile, you can get it on your computer so if you've got Uh, like a plug-in microphone like um even the ones that come with your phone really like a hands-free set would be good enough to just do it and uh yeah if you if you have skype available it'll be great to get people on to do the trivia
1: yeah we thought it was a really good way to to, um get involved and also create another um an opportunity for advertising um the, the, the people that um beast from the northeast are really good at moving our stuff and, and in turn we're going to um you know mention them and see if they get them good business and they, they do have some very very good cool t-shirts um it's all one of a kind all um really cool designs and i definitely um definitely recommend you go check them out
0: yeah and it's not just bruins related as well it's all New England sports teams.
1: It is. It, it, they have Celtics. They have they have uh, Red Sox and Patriots. But um, you know me. I'm just I'm just a hockey nut. So I love the bees. Oh yeah. But if you, it is yeah, a but good it,
0: idea. it's good. Yeah, it's good quality clothing as well. It's it's not like cheap material either, and it's good affordable prices. So it's just a good company all around, really.
1: Are, are you speaking of the company? Are you familiar with the band Metallica? obviously yeah well this company obviously. uh beast from the northeast they came up with this uh, metallica themed brewing shirt it's called uh tuca and it's it says tuca saves them all from like the metallica yeah. kill them all album oh yeah i bought one I, I i spotted that one
0: yeah as soon as i looked on the website and i was like oh, i need need to price up some shipping here and yeah. <laughs> get one of these i, oh, yeah. I, I well
1: uh Courtney got me a gift card for Christmas, a $25 MasterCard. So I was like, hey, why not use it? And I bought it. And it was it's on its way. I'm on Wicked Psyched. So Alright. Speaking of Psyched, now we get after a week, we gotta talk some hockey. Last week, the yeah. Bees started their week off on Monday against the New Jersey Devils and lost. Uh and then Thursday at home against the Edmonton Oilers, they lost. Yeah. I, the uh, the Oilers are a good team. They're a really surprising team, got a lot of talent, but I, I thought the um, the effort would have been a lot more <coughs> for the fans at home. The New yeah. Jersey game was just a disaster.
0: Oh yeah, but it's just usual with that one, really. It was a slow start, and just killed us. So, really not a good game to start off. With.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, it, It's it, it's troubling to me, as always, and I, I know I always say this, but the teams that are just not there, um, yeah. they, they're just getting beat up badly, but the teams that are at top of the league... They, they have a better time um, I, I just don't know what the problem is that, that why can't they get up for these these teams they just don't seem ready and I don't want to get into the the coaching and this and that and I, I just want answers of why they're just not able to put a 60-minute effort together against a team that's hovering around the bottom of the standings
0: yeah and the thing that really annoys me about that is the way that they just they use that they say it like it's it's no one's fault like they say oh we had a slow start or we had a we had a bad finish like they never hold themselves accountable like they never say well we didn't get ready to start this game and that's our fault it's always "Ah, well we just we, we had a slow start and that really killed us they need to they need to admit the problems and work towards fixing them and they they haven't really. Right. So it has it has been a bad two weeks. But there's been glimpses of hope in there. But at the same time the
1: games that we lose we lose bad. So
0: it's yeah. not been good.
1: Yeah and and I mean to 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 end the week last night against a, um, a Florida Panthers team which the Bruins just outplayed, uh, in my opinion, I yeah. thought they outplayed them to come out with a 4 to nothing win I, I'm just, I, I mean I was talking to a friend of the show um, Oh, I can't even remember anything today oh, oh man, I'm bad. But anyway, I was talking to a friend of mine about this and, and and he's just like, we should really just play 41 games against the Florida Panthers and 41 oh, yeah. games against the Buffalo Sabers. We'd be a playoff yeah. play, playoff, a playoff team, team every year. Yeah. So. Well,
0: yeah, it's one of them. They they seem to have them teams that they play great against, and. It, Florida and Buffalo seem to be them teams if you especially with the comeback win against Buffalo that we've seen and we just seem to be like we seem to start off with a bit of a mean streak against those teams and we seem to intimidate them to the point that we become better than they do but at the same time like things happen in the games uh, and especially with the Buffalo game, uh with uh, I'm sure we're gonna hit on it later on, but uh the David Backus injury. Um as soon as he got hit from what I've seen this season, I just expected no one to drop the gloves. I expected no retaliation whatsoever. And then when Adam McQuaid stepped up and got in there, uh it just showed that they've got they, they still have heart in that team. Like there's still someone there that's going to go out and, like, put the, themselves on the line to better the team. And it's good to see it's Adam McQuaid after all the abuse that he gets as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm one of the abusers, or abusees, or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't like his game, I, I I don't find, I, I, the the resigning was just dumb to me, but he plays he does play that role. He plays that guy that if you take liberties on anybody on the team, he's gonna be the one that's pretty much gonna take a number and come after you. That I can I, I appreciate that. I'd like to see more out of his game. I wanna see complete players that have those roles, but um you know, you, yeah. bring, you bring up fighting and, and uh what was it the last was it the two fights before? The back is hit uh, he tried to go. He tried yeah. to either, you know, start something or get you know get the team rolling, and the referees just stepped right in the middle. Oh yeah. But then I watch a bunch of other games in the NHL that are just you know they they're letting them go. So I don't I don't get the yeah.
0: It seems like it's always. I mean, we're seeing it a lot with the Bruins, but I mean, it seems like it's always the heavy hitters. Like a guy like Adam McQuaid that can do some real damage in a fight, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It like I I haven't watched any Edmonton Oilers games other than the Bruins ones, but I don't know if Milan and Lucic has been stopped from any other fights that he's had this season if he's had any fights. Right. Um. But I I mean they've let other guys go and fight with the Bruins. But it seems like Adam McQuaid. That isn't that the second time that he's been stopped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was it within I think it's a week.
1: Actually
0: the, yeah, the second time in a week, and I think it's the third time this season that he's actually been physically held back during a fight. So, I mean, the thing is, there's no clear-cut answer, is there? Like, no one's said anything about it. No one's come out and said the reason for any of it happening. They've kind of. We just brushed it aside and said, oh well. But it's just stupid. Especially, like, you saw his face after the the whole, like, tangle. Yeah. He, he got hit about eight times, and he couldn't do a thing about it.
1: Right, right. So, so here's another thing I, I wanted to ask you about this, and I, it actually just came up, but, you know, if these referees, or linesmen, are going to step in, it's the linesmen, I'm sorry, the referees don't have enough balls to get yeah. in the middle, but if if a linesman steps in while everybody's swinging, let me tell you something. If a player hits a linesman in the middle of that, that player should not be ejected, suspended, or anything like that because oh, he no. got in the way. It wasn't like yeah. it wasn't yeah, like yeah. the fight was done and they're like pretty much done and then they come in and break it up. You're getting in the middle of it as it's happening. So if contact yeah. is made and a suspension's handed out, that is crap.
0: Well, it's the fact that they both dropped the gloves. So you're committed to go?
1: You're committed to go? Yeah.
0: All the other players on the ice backed off, knowing what was coming. The linesmen didn't jump in straight away. It's not like the gloves went (coughs) down and they jumped on them instantly. They let them start to circle and it was only when they came face-to-face did the linesmen jump on them. So, they, they just shouldn't be getting involved in that situation. Let them let them have a fight if you're going to stop some but not all like you've got to explain it it has to be explained yeah but at the same time it's not like people are saying oh well maybe it's the same linesman like that are doing it but it's not it's like four different sets of linesmen have done it this season to different teams so I, I just don't understand why they'll let some but not others maybe they've been warned now and they don't do it anymore but i don't know yeah it it was just stupid
1: if if this is going to continue then i would really 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 like to see how the player um safety used to do you know um questionable hits you know how they used to do the videos you're listening to the black and gold hockey podcast you can catch our show on the Hockey Writers podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. dot com. Rob, Rob.
0: Oh, sorry, I lost you there for a second. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. But I'm um, yeah, sorry, it was just a, a little thing.
1: No problem. Um, you remember, you remember the videos that the player safety used to do? Oh yeah. Well, if you break up a fight, I'd love to hear why. Yeah. You know, explain. Explain that Adam McQuaid is way bigger than this guy, and he's probably going to kill him, and, you know, there's there's all this kind of crap going on. We don't want to, you know, have anybody get hurt. I'll buy yeah, but that. But the thing
0: with that fight was it was William Carrier who's quite a big guy himself. Exactly. Like, even Jack Edwards said, this is a heavyweight bout. As soon as both guys stepped up to each other, because... Like, Will Carrier's a big, heavy-hitting guy. We saw that from the hit on backers. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, I-, I was saying to one of my friends today, Buffalo have really rebuilt the way that I'd like to see the Bruins rebuilt. Sure. Because you you saw that hit by Jake McCabe on line a. Everyone's seen it now.
1: Oh, um, boy, yeah, that was a crushing hit.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, that's a a great hit. Like that's what you want from some of the Bruins' defensemen. From a guy like, I, I mean, Adam McQuaid's had his share of good hits this season, sure. and I think he is probably the better hitter on the back end for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to see it more from other guys. You want to see guys like Joe Morrow when they get in the lineup. You want to see him step up. If if they've got a the forward rushing back to, like, create numbers, step up, make the hit. At least make the guy go round you. Like, I mean, we used to have it with Johnny Boychuk. He was one of the best at just either hit them or he scared them that bad that they lost the puck. <laughs> like that. That's what I want to see from the, from the defenseman. I want to see someone step up on the blue line and either try and lay a hit or make people aware that they're going to get hit it just seems like the only hits that we see from the defensemen are down in the corners at the moment but I, I know that you're not going to get open ice hits like that every game it's a rare occurrence now but at the same time you'd like to see people more scared of this defense core than they are yeah, I agree because when, when you've got a guy like Zidane O'Chara looking more like Tory Crook like, I mean, he's six foot seven. Throw your weight around. Yeah. You know what I mean. You got Brandon Collor, who is, I mean, he is throwing his weight around. But at the same time, when he starts to play that game, because it's not his style of game, he kind of gets lost in the d- defensive zone and yeah. kind of like starts chasing the puck. I'd rather see him just left to play his game. Like, don't force anything on him. But guys like Adam McQuaid, guys like Joe Morrow, Colin Miller, even and Kevin Miller, especially. Like, these guys should be throwing hits and should be making people scared to dump and chase, but they're not. That That's the only thing missing from this back end, I think. We've got pup movers now. I think you need some heavy hitters. But we've got them coming along in the future.
1: That's oh, a good thing. Absolutely. So, uh, the week ahead looks like... Uh, Carolina tonight at five, and it's a three-game road trip. So there's Carolina today, St. Louis on Tuesday, Nashville on Thursday, and they come home against Philadelphia on Sunday after on Saturday afternoon. So that's I mean, you got to go into Carolina and you got to get these two points. Oh yeah, no excuses. Set the tone for this week, really. I mean, every game you have a you have a day in between of rest. So, go in there, get your two points, and prepare yourself for a a week of some pretty rough hockey. Because St. Louis is a good team. Nashville, even though PK Subban's not around, they're still a decent team. And right. you know the Bruins and Philly um, rivalry, or, you know, history. Yeah that'll get nasty exactly so I mean this is a huge week for this team you know they, they do have th- a better I think
0: I'd rather I'd rather the Philly game be earlier on in the week to get them excited right but it's just it's bad that it's at the end of the week but I mean they they're, they're all three of them are tough teams coming up I mean it, it's gonna be a tough week but at the same time, you've just got to you got to try and play to your strengths. Just play a simple game instead yeah. of. It seems like they they start to play a complicated game. Look like they're gonna play well, and then the wheels fall off, and then they don't know what to do. Yeah, and, and as soon as a team works out what they're doing, that's it. Panic mode.
1: I was just about to say that, just to tail off on what you were saying, is it almost seems like they feel like I, I, I know as a as a former hockey player and, and you know just a beer league guy but you know when you play each other the first couple of minutes is like okay where do, where where do you set your tone where is this game going yeah. but it seems like this Bruins team they just seem like they wait w- way too long to figure it out oh, i mean yeah. you know you know you, you wasted the first period and half of the second and now you wake up to the the second half of the second period and then the, the end of the game it's just yeah. too late for me i i need it's just not 60-minute hockey to me. If you want to play 45, then that's fine. But yeah,
0: but that's where the leaders in the team need to step, like stand up. Yeah. Because to me, Claude Julien's not doing it this year. It's, it doesn't seem like he's fully like into it anymore. Right. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't want to win and he's not trying his hardest. I just don't think he's like his mindset is as committed as it used to be
1: i don't and think the message I don't think the message is is getting i think i think the message is being sent. I'm not sure if it's yeah. being you know adhered to uh,
0: I, yeah. I just, well I it's it's a lot different team now, isn't it and yeah. with the guys who the who were in Providence last season coming up to the NHL to then see their coach from Providence being the being the assistant coach. They're probably talking to him more than they're talking to Claude. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So it's probably like they, they're probably getting told off Claude and then told off Cassidy and then kind of trying to work it out who to go along with. I mean, it the, there must be something with the coaching team. There must be something going on because it doesn't seem to be going the way they want it to. And if this is the way they want it to go, then there's something definitely wrong.
1: Yeah, and with so, with uh, yesterday's uh, Bruins game, there was an interview um, from Nessun that uh, Don Sweeney appeared in, and, and they were asked. He was he was clearly asked, is this is is it time to make a coaching change? I, I believe Boston Globe reporter Fluto Ginzawa had a, had an um, interview with him that Don Sweeney said kind of stretched it out. I mean, he did ask, is it time to move on, you know. Yeah. And, and Sweeney said that, you know, Claude is, is is in the future plans of this team. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is yeah. can be on him, but it also can be on management and players too. So there's a lot there's a lot to be, you know, you can point your fingers at a lot of aspects of this team. But yeah. when you look at the last two seasons, and, and we're, we're pretty much at the halfway of this year, it's it's not changed much. So, no. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying let's go rah-rah, fire Claude and see what happens, but, you know, he's been a coach for nine years, and sometimes, you know, I don't know.
0: Time, time just kills a partnership sometimes. Yeah, you it does.
1: I mean, sometimes it, players don't want to hear the same thing over and over again, so... I mean, it it's yeah. it might not be the right thing, but it is a healthy thing to get a new regime in there and try to do things differently. A new voice is always a good sign. The thing I've been saying is, if Claude goes, I can
0: see Neely going. Yeah. Like I, I don't w- I don't want to see everyone go, like what we think might happen is going to happen, but I mean if one of them goes, you can see the other one going, if you get what I mean yep. like, it just seems like it's destined to go that way, I, but I don't see Sweeney going I don't, I don't I think, either I, yeah, I think he's he's proved that this is a long term plan and if you fire a guy who started a long term plan, then you start another long term plan and then it just keeps going like that let yeah. the guy do his work, like let him see
1: it out. He started a long-term plan with a pretty nasty hand <clears throat> of cards, too. You know, from yeah. what Shirelli left left the organization with. But, I mean, in previous podcasts, I probably said I don't want him involved anymore. But I gotta say, now that you're looking at it and you're looking at all these players that have been drafted recently, I have yeah. to give them props on on. The, the way he acquires players through the draft yeah. I do not like the way he acquires players through the NHL whether it be signings or free agent I, yeah. you know what I mean there's a lot of mistakes there that, that have to be corrected and, and just cannot do I mean I, I, if I had the players I mean I can list Ronaldo, Hudo Obin. there's just two, two of them right now
0: but yeah, Jimmy Hayes,
1: Jimmy, you know, I mean, there's a lot more. I, I mean, that's yeah. the problem that has to be resolved in the future. And if that works out, then, you know, and he might turn out to be a really great GM, bring this team yeah. back into the Stanley Cup Finals. But, so,
0: I mean, like at the same time, you can't put it all on Claude either because he doesn't have the choice of who comes up and who comes down. He, like he, he doesn't have the choice of. Who plays at the NHL level? Right, he's got the lineup. Yeah, he just gets given the players, and then he decides who's scratch and who's not. And I mean, I don't think they even have. Do they even have like an extra forward who's scratched at the moment? Uh, I don't believe so. I think they
1: have like an extra defenseman.
0: Yeah, because who did they send down? Nolichari. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. Yeah.
0: So that to me that means they've got they've got one extra defenseman and then you've got John Michael Lyles who's on injured reserve I mean (laughs) this team is not built for like a deep playoff run like you've got Stanley Cup contenders out there that have like two guys who should be playing in the AHL and getting time there but they're on like they're in the press box waiting for a chance to play because they know there's going to be injuries whereas we've not done that and we've just sent guys down and brought them back up I mean, I know we've kind of got we've got the guys who don't need to get waivers but at the same time it just doesn't seem like this is built for a deep playoff run No It yeah. like it's going to get anywhere near a deep playoff run So, like my question is, what do they do now? Like, do they Do they wait till the deadline and decide what they are? Do they strike early while there's still people available before all the trading starts? Because it always seems like the first team to get the trade in seems to get the steal of the year at the moment. Yeah. So I'd strike now while they've got time. Like, work out who's available, who's not. We've already been told that... um, Carlo isn't available. Yeah. So work out who you've got available and who you don't, and start ringing people. And non- like, I don't get why, like this whole thing with Gabe Landerskog.
1: I was just about to say that.
0: Yeah, but like no. I don't think we really need no. a guy like Gabe Landeskog. I, I just don't get where he's gonna fit in. If you. If they say they're going to put him on that Creechie Backus line, then you're paying what? Uh, nearly 20 million for your second line.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that, that is, is crazy. Lot. And and so, and so many people were talking to me about this. It's like uh, a lot of the the way the Bruins have been doing deals lately is uh, additions by subtractions. You know? Yeah. You're, you're giving away a future a potential all-star in Brandon Carlo I'm saying that early I know that but yeah. I, I like what I'm seeing so far so for his first like half yeah, of the am I'm, I'm impressed I really am and I don't see I, I just I don't want that to be taken away because people see this as the future and yeah. you, all you want to do is increase goal scoring well then fine go get a goal scorer make some different moves trade some different players make make stuff happen. I, I know there's not a lot of value out there with a lot of players on this Bruins team. But you can't just take yeah. away a defenseman that's got so much potential and and trade him away for something that a player that's got 12 points this season and he hasn't yeah. even had a 130 goal year. Mm. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah.
0: And when people were like describing him as a pure goal scorer, oh, saying I go I, no. on. Like, I get it, he's a two way player, and he would be great for Claude's system. Yep. Like, he, he probably would play better in this system. But, at the same time, everyone's calling out for a like major goal scorer, and then you go and try and get Gabe Landerskog. I, I just don't get it. I, I, to me, I'd rather than get Matt Duchenne out of them two guys. Like, out of Landerskog or Duchesne, I'd rather they get Duchenne. But, yeah, but then
1: you, they're, they're you, not going to. If you add Duchesne, I believe he's a center, right? Yeah. Then you're gonna have. But he a, a
0: he bolt played he's played at the wing. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. All right. Because he played at the wing with uh, McKinnon. Okay. Because they put McKinnon at center at one point. So, I mean.
1: You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast Channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. You
0: you've just got to decide what they're gonna what what are you gonna do and I don't think they have decided yet no I think this whole Colorado thing is a rumor blown out of proportion as well well like I don't I I, I mean it, there's gotta be some truth to it but I don't think it's as close as people were saying it was
1: I I when when certain people say things I tend to kind of read into it like when Elliot Friedman says something Bobby Mackenzie yeah. said something I kind of get a good feeling that he's getting the facts from, from uh, you know, a good source yeah but you know, when you get the local I'm not going to mention names around here that you know, sometimes they just write stuff for 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 clicks you know, I'm not going to oh, buy into stuff like that like a lot of the
0: well it was, the whole thing was it was a Colorado reporter that said that the Bruins have been calling and that um uh, the original thing that I saw was it was Carlo and I think it was like a first or a second Yeah, it was a first for Gable and the Skog <clears throat> and then they said no and then the Bruins apparently went back with an offer of Zaboral and a first Yep and they said no yep. But my question is why would you give up Zaboral? Because he's just played great at the World Juniors Yep we'll talk, So why
1: We'll touch, about, touch on that later on you,
0: yeah, yeah. But why, like, they've drafted all these defensemen so you've got like 5 5 defensemen that have all been said they're going to be NHL caliber defensemen yep. like these are built for the NHL you, all 5 defensemen
1: you literally have so you, replacements for McQuaid for every and position. Kevin Miller yeah. in the works so as soon as anything happens yeah. with their contracts these guys are ready to step right in but also
0: you've got Joe Morrow on short-term contracts every year. He seems to only sign one-year deals. You got Colin Miller on a short-term contract. The only people locked up to long-term contracts are Tory Krug and
1: I say Chara, but it's not. It's two years. Yeah, he's come, he He's he's just on the on a on a you know latter end of his um. What was that? Oh, Seven-year deal. deal.
0: Seven-year deal. Yeah yeah 7 year cuz it was 7 year at 7 mil but then it it's gradually faded down to like 6 point something and i think it's it's meant to be 4 million next year but it still still hits against the cap as 7 i think Yeah, six, it was 6 it's point one of them nine. contracts yeah it's one of them contracts where he got paid more earlier on yeah it was front loaded less yeah yeah so but i mean once all these guys they're at the end of the contract you've got to think Chara might not re-sign um, I, I can't see whoever's in charge if it's Sweeney or someone else re-signing Kevin and uh, Adam McQuaid. No. and if they do it'll be less money than they're on now uh, and then you've got Colin Miller's got these two years to decide like to prove whether he's an NHL defenseman. Well, what level of an NHL defenseman he is. Yep. Let's put it that way.
1: He's certainly been playing a lot
0: better lately. <clears throat> yeah, but would you trust him in your top four?
1: Yeah, uh, not right now.
0: Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like, Colin Miller and Joe Morrow, to me, are at the same level. Like, they're at that point where... Are you a, bo- are you a like, bottom six defenseman on the, on the bottom line of the defense court? Or are you... Push him for a top four role like Kevin Miller was last season, and now he seems to be lower down. But like you, they need to decide where they're going to fit them. And th- the good thing is they're on short-term deals that are like low contracts, so they can they can get to the end of them and say, look, we're going to offer you a contract for like what 1.5 mil for the yeah. b- bottom pairing. You can either take it or you can walk. And yep. the, like to me, Colin Miller isn't going to get you much in a trade. He, I don't think he has that much value, really. And then the same with Joe Morrow. I don't think you really get much for Joe Morrow. Oh, well, I mean,
1: so Colin Miller doesn't have a lot of value, but he's got he's he's work in progress type of player. He's young <clears> enough; you could yeah. still mold him. That he's not old enough that he can't, you know, do other things, but. Yeah, But,
0: like, I mean, he's one of them guys that if he walked, it's not like letting Tory Krug walk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, I'd rather see Colin Miller walk than Tory Krug. Because you know you're going to lose out on a better defenseman. Well, a better all-around defenseman, let's put it that way. But, I mean, we've got to see what happens with the next few years of free agency as well because mm-hmm. no one knows who's going to be available who's going to re-sign, who's going to decide to walk you don't know if there's another Jimmy Veezy out there like who knows what happens but I was also saying to my friend and I wanted to talk to you about this it seems the best way to go about free agency from this season and last season is to sign other teams reject players Because if you look at Sam Gagne, he is on a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar two way deal, Hmm. which is less than David Pasternak's getting paid. Right, on an ELC. And he's, yeah, and he's got more points than David Pasternak does.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Also
0: look at you. Also look at um. Oh, what's his name now? Uh, Matt Irwin. Yep. He's back playing with Nashville, I believe. Yep. Or one of the teams uh, signed an a well, a two-way deal. I think it's eight hundred thousand, and he's playing really well.
1: Yeah, surprising. Or was playing really well when he was stepping in, but I thought I thought Matt Irwin's I mean. game was good in in Providence last season when he got dropped when he, oh, yeah. he got sent down. I thought he was a decent player. Yeah but I'm happy he just
0: had that yeah he had that shaky time at the beginning of the year oh yeah yeah and it's it's hard with a guy like Claude Julian to prove yourself to the point that you'd be able to come up and play like because I say that like Claude doesn't hold the power of you coming up to play in Boston but at the same time if you get called up he has the ability to just go no I'll scratch it yep I don't like he, you. play.
1: He owns the lineup. You can,
0: you can yeah. definitely... and we get... saw that with... You saw that with guys like Sean Curley this year, came up and played. Um, who else? Uh, Austin Zarnik, when he was brought up, played. Yep. And he's still there. But you also see it with players that he doesn't like as well come up and they either get scratched or they play one game and go back down. Yeah, that's so, true.
1: for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.